Welcome to episode 25 of Box Flap with me, Chan Stanton. This is the emergency Halloween broadcast of the podcast. I know, you thought we'd covered Halloween last week, but that was just a warm-up. It's about to get very real around here for Halloween. It's full moon. On this episode of Box Flap. Quick author update. It's early Halloween morning here on the Hobby Farm. I just watched the full moon set in the West. It was beautiful. You may be wondering, why am I rushing out another, yet another, Halloween episode of Box Flap to you, the awaiting listener? Let's just blame it on Mercury Retrograde. I know, it sounds kooky, but people believe a lot of kooky things. Let me have this one. So fool that I am sent out my first author newsletter this week into the void. Ah! Well, Mercury Retrograde strikes again. My microphone just fell over on me. Okay, where were we? Oh yes, the newsletter. No one was opening the newsletter. It went into people's spam folders, presumably. Much to my consternation. One of the items in that newsletter is the link to Ouija Board, the audio version of my short paranormal humor piece that previously was only available as an ebook, but I recently mastered it in the audio so that I could release it for Audible listeners. But I am tired of waiting for the bureaucracy boogaloo to approve it. I am tired of waiting for other people's approval in general. I don't know about you, but I think it's time that we just gift this one to the world. I want you to hear it. I think it turned out very well, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a braggart. I'm saying that because it's the kind of thing that I would enjoy listening to even if I hadn't created it. This episode is devoted to Ouija Board. I hope you enjoy it. Happy Halloween, everyone. Ouija Board by John Stanton Read by the author Paranormal investigators received reports of mind-numbingly dull, supernatural disturbances at a suburban home in a cul-de-sac. They recovered a smartphone with rainbow stickers and glitter, the only interesting physical evidence remaining from Leona Locke's doomed birthday slumber party. The cell phone contained video footage of the evening's entire events, but the strange occurrences of that night were so tedious that the paranormal investigation team hired a ghostwriter to spook it up for their readers. Here is that tale. Drink some coffee. A birthday is that one square on the calendar with your name penciled in on it. Yours! The day when the Earth has completed another victory lap around the sun just for you. Optimism runs high, candles are lit, cakes are baked, wishes are made. It's your day. For Leona Locke, however, she knew her 13th birthday was going to suck. Specifically, 
it was going to be as boring as her parents or a lecture about fiduciary responsibility. For a newly teened girl, boring was the worst thing ever. So yes, Leona was concerned that her party was going to suck. Especially because she had a dozen friends coming over for her birthday slumber party, and the only thing newly teened girls hated worse than zits was being bored. But did Leona have any actual reason to believe her 13th birthday was going to be boring? Uh, yeah, like 12 of them. 12 previous birthdays, each one more boring than the last. Her friends all had exciting birthday parties, from princess cakes and bouncy houses to new phones and expensive jeans with holes already torn in them. Perlina Orson even had a boy band play at her birthday. Well, they lip-synced to their songs on Spotify, but that was just like being at their concert anyway. Whereas her friends' birthday parties were always like Christmas, 4th of July, and Easter all rolled into one celebration, Leona Locke's birthdays were more like all eight nights of Hanukkah shoved into a three-hour span covered in cake crumbs and disappointment. Other than boy bands and all boys in general, Leona was interested in becoming a stunt person, a professional wrestler, and a fighter pilot. But her teacher told her that pilots need to be good at math, so now she was leaning towards professional wrestler because you only had to count to three. Her parents, on the other hand, thought Leona's future should be a continuation of her life in the womb, sheltered, calm, and boring. Each year they chose birthday presents meant to foster that spirit of risk aversion, and each year those presents had collected dust in Leona's toy closet until her mother, exasperated, hauled them to the Goodwill, still in their unopened packages. The Noah's Ark sweater, the Daniel Tiger band-aids, the Nerf drum set, they all went to good homes where the values of risk-free fun and foam-based playthings are appreciated. But this year, for Leona's 13th birthday, her mother had resolved to find the perfect gift, meaning one that was both safe and one that Leona would actually appreciate. Using the internet at the library, with safe search filters applied, of course, Mrs. Locke researched safeparenting.com and keepchildrensafefromlife.com for gift ideas, and then she saw it. The one gift that would appeal to Leona's rebellious streak and appease her parents' peace of mind. The Wee-Gee Board. That's W-E-E, exclamation point, G-E-E, -E, exclamation point. It looked similar to a spooky Ouija spirit board, the kind with letters and symbols that mediums used at seances, or that newly teened girls used to scare themselves silly. The Ouija board, however, was an improvement over its predecessor. With technology integrated into the board itself, the spirit entities could simply speak directly through a built-in speaker. No need for sliding a planchette onto each tedious letter to spell out otherworldly messages. For today's short attention span necromancer, the old-fashioned Ouija spirit board just took too long to communicate with those long-winded spirits. Mrs. Locke's favorite feature of the Ouija board was its series of spirit controls that limited undesirable entities from appearing much like the internet filters and fact-checking sites upon which the Locks relied to keep their thoughts safe on the internet. According to a user review from BubbleBoy14, after using the Ouija board with a few of his chums from 4-H, absolutely nothing scary happened, which ticked the box on Mrs. Locke's safety requirements, but the Ouija board looked scary. There was a frowny-faced moon and a grumpy-looking sun face that sent shivers down her spine. She hoped Leona would at least try the board once. Who knows? Maybe she would like it. But even if Leona unwrapped her gift and didn't push it into a corner right away, that would be a win, in Mrs. Locke's opinion. 
Sometimes in parenting, baby steps are the moonshot. The Ouija board's transmitter even included built-in language translation powered by a pair of artificial intelligence, and Mrs. Locke toyed with summoning her great-grandfather, a Polish immigrant who'd refused to speak English to the bitter end. And it just so happened that as a girl, Mrs. Locke was present for her grandfather's bitter end. She remembered the day vividly, a beautiful blue sky and the autumn leaves displaying all the reds, oranges, and yellows. She'd made them a picnic lunch, and they sat on a blanket underneath an apple tree and ate the little meal that she'd prepared. She'd always been curious about what her grandfather's last words to her had meant, gasped in Polish as she watched the life drain away from him there in the apple orchard. Maybe the Ouija board would be her chance to find out what he'd been trying to tell her. But this was her daughter's big day, and that ice cream cake wasn't going to spread itself on her thighs. The First Summoning. Contract with the Dead. Leona opened her present, and it couldn't have gone better. She didn't roll her eyes, or screech, or lock herself in the bathroom for three hours like she did last Saturday. Leona looked shocked to see a present that was even remotely interesting. The other girls clamored to see it, and in the midst of the excited chatter, Leona gave her mother a rare hug. Aww. OMG, thank you. I know how hard it is for you not to suck at presents. Baby steps, Mrs. Locke reminded herself. A hug was as good as a win. The girls wanted to play with the Ouija board that very moment, but Mrs. Locke interjected. I'm going to sit in with you girls. Just for the first summoning, after all, I've watched all the safety training videos, so I just want to make sure that you know how to use it properly. Mom, you promised you wouldn't use that word on my birthday. Oh, sorry, dear. How to use it safely. Leona scrunched her face and stuck out her tongue. <laughs> Perlina Orson jumped towards the wall switch. Let's turn out the lights. Ghosts love it in the dark. No, Mrs. Locke's voice sounded angrier than she intended. Too scary. The girls reluctantly gathered around the well-lit Ouija board, and they placed the tips of their fingers on it as directed by Mrs. Locke. Now girls, you have to concentrate. Use your inner child's third eye as we conjure up the spirits of the beyond. The girls closed their eyes, even Leona. This was Leona's best birthday ever, in Mrs. Locke's opinion. Using her spookiest voice, which for some reason sounded exactly like her regular voice only with an English accent, Mrs. Locke began the Ouija board summoning. I first call on the spirit of Casper, the friendly ghost. The girls let out a collective groan even as the speaker hissed and crackled to life. But mom, Leona lamented, he's the friendliest ghost you'll know. That's not scary. Well, he's still a ghost and that counts. Now keep concentrating. The board vibrated and the speaker groaned with something that sounded like a combination of what passengers trapped on the Titanic must have heard and the sounds of what bored husbands must have grumbled when they were forced to sit through the movie version of Titanic. Then, a voice emerged from the cacophony and it didn't sound like the disembodied voice of a friendly dead little boy. In fact, it sounded spookily similar to the voice of a copyright attorney. Good evening, ladies. Mrs. Locke's hands momentarily left the board to clap her excitement. Oh. We did it, girls! We did it! Not so fast there, older girl. There are certain terms and conditions we need to go over before my client, Mr. Casper, will agree to appear at this event. It's not an event per se. Mrs. Locke didn't usually employ Latin expressions like per se, but this copyright attorney seemed to have put her under some kind of legalese spell. I see a crowd. I see a demand for my client to perform. That is, for all intents and purposes, 
an event. What we're missing is a legally binding contract. Let me just go over this with you briefly, and then you can verbally acknowledge the contract. Purchaser, uh, that's you, older girl, and spirit artist, that's my client, Mr. Casper, agree that the following provisions are incorporated into the contract to which it is attached and made a part thereof. The parties agree that the terms of this Mom! Leona was shaking with frustration, on the verge of a fit. OMG, make it stop! Little lady, this contract protects you as much as it protects anyone. Now here's the fun part. The party of the first part and the party of the second part shall party hardy within the limits set forth by this contract. He's right though, dear. It's for your own good. Just remain in situ while he goes through the details. She patted her daughter's hand, but Leona crossed her arms and harumphed in frustration as the entire contract was read. As the attorney concluded the reading, he asked if they had any questions. Several of the girls had to be prodded awake before they could grant their verbal consent to the terms of the contract. Fine, fine. Let me see here. Looks like my client's next available booking is next June. Next June? Now even Mrs. Locke was disturbed. But the ad hoc event is happening right now, ergo at this very de facto moment. <laughs> you think a bigwig like Casper the Friendly Ghost has time to just pop in on some little bourgeois birthday party? Mrs. Locke was outraged. She drew the line at French. I'm sorry you had to hear that kind of language, girls. She covered Leona's ears and commanded the attorney to leave, but as his voice faded into the beyond, his final words echoed in the room. Contractual obligation! Contractual obligation! Leona insisted that her mother leave the girls alone right away with the Ouija board, which Mrs. Locke did reluctantly. She hovered at the door. The spirit world can be dangerous, Leona. Leona snorted in contempt. So far, the spirit world seems pretty lame. Just be super careful, okay? Before she pulled the door almost shut, Mrs. Locke added, And don't enter into any more legally binding contracts with spirit entities, okay, sweetie? Mom, just go. The Second Summoning Ancient Dances Leona wasn't about to risk failure in front of her friends. She read the instruction manual that had come with the Ouija board, which even included one section in a sort of English. Come on, Leona! You're reading an instruction manual at your own birthday party. Let's summon the devil! The other girls laughed nervously and hugged one another. No way. My mom would kill me. Besides, the directions say that the Ouija board doesn't allow any evil entities to enter. Well, summon someone super rich, Perlina begged. Her family wasn't super rich, but they were suburban rich. Yeah, someone like Bill Gates, another girl chimed in. I just said the board doesn't allow evil entities. Besides, he's not dead. We'll never get to talk to him then. Bill Gates is never going to die. At least summon someone really old. Perlina seemed as if she was about to take over the Ouija board, just like she'd taken over the birthday music and the ice cream cake. Yeah, summon someone from like way back in 2011 or from ancient Rome. But not the Pope, Perlina warned. That's more boring than a lawyer. Okay, chill pill people. Leona told them to place their fingers on the board. Greece is older than Rome, right? How's this for old? I command thee to arise, O ancient spirit. Do as I please, and send me someone from ancient Greece. The speaker garbled as if someone were tuning a radio, but the girls were too young to recognize that sound and the reference to the noise box invention that had revolutionized automobile entertainment in the 20th century even more than the back clothes bra. A woman's voice from the other side lashed out at them. Yeah, what do you want? 
O spirit of ancient Greece, we welcome thee to our humble birthday ceremony. Great time to get here. Looks like the joint's half empty already. To whom are we speaking, O venerable spirit? They call me Chacha because I'm the best dancer at St. Bernadette's. St. Bernadette? The girls cried out in unison as the same realization washed over them. You're not from ancient Greece. You're Chacha from the musical Greece. Hey, did you come here to dance or didn't you? Be gone, thou foul spirit. Chacha Di Gregorio's bitter voice echoed into the still of the room. Ah, hell at you. Leona, this is one of the worst things that has ever happened to my teen life. This isn't even TikTok worthy. Yeah, Leona, Perlina agreed. This is more of a potty than a party. <laughs> That's a dumb baby joke, not a teen girl joke. Fine, this is a real crap fest. How's that? Fine, Leona scowled. You do the next one. Fine. I will. Fine, eh. The third summoning. North of evil. Perlina rubbed her hands together as an evil gleam came to her eye, the kind of evil gleam unique to the eyes of the suburban rich. I hope you all brought extra pairs of pants because you're going to need them. Perlina used her beglittered smartphone to Google how to summon the devil at a birthday party. It turned out that summoning the devil at a birthday party required the same level of effort as summoning the devil at a timeshare presentation. Just a sec, Perlina said. She was reading instructions from magicspell.com. I want to get this right so this potty stops sucking. Shut up, Perlina. Perlina ignored her and scrolled down the screen on her phone past the Geico ads and the ancient engravings of the devil being summoned by covens to find the internet spell she needed. She set the phone down on the floor next to her knee and grabbed Leona's hand and the hand of the pudgy girl next to her whose name she could never remember. Hold each other's hands and do not, I repeat, do not let go and break the circle. Who are you summoning? Not who, what. Whatever. Leona tried to sound unimpressed, but secretly, she couldn't wait for some real excitement to manifest at her boring birthday bust. After interlacing their fingers and squeezing one another's hands for reassurance, the girls were now a strong circle of teens, practically shivering with anticipation. Spirit of darkness, author of confusion, infernal trickster, I adjure thee, O master of pestilence. The room grew inexplicably cold, the air fetid with the smell of death. The buzzing of unseen flies made the girls try to pull away from the circle, but Perlina warned them to keep holding hands no matter what. But then she had to let go so she could scroll down on her phone to view more of the summoning spell. She realized her mistake too late. I command thee, O Satan, to appear to us. The sound of buzzing flies was replaced by the faint jingle of distant bells. By the time she completed her summoning spell, Perlina knew that the potty was in danger of sucking once again. Ho, ho, ho! Oh no, that's Santa, not Satan. I heard it was some little girl's birthday. Leona retched. Tell Santa what you want for Christmas this year. A painless death. The Fourth Summoning, Earthly Familiars 
you ever have any sort of gathering, even if you're just like standing around at your locker and your hair's on fire, please do not invite me. Okay, like shut up already, Perlina. Leona tried to sound tough as nails like Cha-Cha from Greece, but she was genuinely worried that she would lose her friends if she didn't turn around the sinking snooze fest of a birthday. The next one is going to be really good, you'll see. Whatever. Okay, we G-board. Leona injected an enthusiasm into her words that she didn't feel. Send us someone we would never ever expect to hear from in a million years. Are you sure about that? The copyright attorney's voice returned. OMG, yes I'm sure. Surprise me. Someone we would never expect. The speaker crackled and popped, and for a moment Leona worried that she'd summon the weirdos from the Rice Krispies cereal box, but then they heard a woman's voice faintly drift across the static. We love you, Leona, and we're so proud of you. Leona blinked. She definitely was surprised. Mom, is that you? OMG, she was just in here like a few minutes ago. Did your mom die or something? No, sweetie, just emotionally dead. Your father's here. We're in the family room watching Family Feud. We just thought we'd check in and make sure you weren't getting too scared. And to tell you how proud we are of you. Mom! So basically, your parents gave you a really boring baby monitor as a birthday present. Leona was furious. The words stung, but they were true. Her parents sucked at birthdays. But she could still turn this pig's ear into gold, or whatever that stupid old saying was. Who wants to steal a minivan? Leona told the other girls to quietly go to the driveway and wait for her there in the minivan. She gathered the Ouija board and the multi-language directions and shoved them back in the box. Then she sneaked a ring of keys from her mother's purse, dived into the driver's seat, and they ripped out of the driveway, even though Leona didn't know how to drive. They somehow managed to avoid having a serious accident, and other than taking out a line of mailboxes that practically jumped out in front of them, the girls were having a thrilling time after all. Thanks to the mailbox mishap, the minivan barreled into the parking lot of the Terrace Heights shopping mall with more metal attached to it than when it had squealed out of the locks driveway. If you've ever walked out of a shopping mall as a group of newly teened girls walks in, you know the rush of sound and bubblegum scents that smack you in the face as you pass through the automatic glass doors. Yes, Leona and her friends smelled like bubblegum. But there was no rush of sound. They were silent in grim determination as they pushed past shoppers and mall walkers. They even ignored the security guard who rolled up on a Segway scooter and confronted them about their ages. You, you girls need to have an adult with you to be here at the mall. Leona held up the Ouija board box. Don't worry, my mom is with us. The girls marched into the Games by Jiminy store, and Leona slammed the box down on the counter, demanding a refund. Uh, do you have a receipt? He sensed they did not, in fact, have a receipt, and clearly relished the opportunity to explain the store's refund and exchange policy. You can return an item within 30 days of purchase, but only if you have a receipt. After 30 days, Perlina smacked Leona's arm. You see what's happening here, don't you? We're standing in a Games by Jiminy store on your birthday, with some loser reciting a store policy to us. It's like your birthday is cursed. Leona interrupted the clerk's lengthy recitation. To report a Where could I buy an exorcism? The clerk looked confused, but at least he stopped talking. Never mind, Leona declared. Leona told the clerk to shove the board, which, she assured him, would be more entertaining than actually playing with the Ouija board. And they left the Ouija board on the counter and stormed out without a refund. 
They entered a CVS where Leona shoplifted glitter and glue, determined never to grow up because growing up was boring. The Final Summoning A Cry for Help Mrs. Locke's phone chirped to life from an unknown caller. I sure hope it's someone looking for the vehicle owner to talk about extending my vehicle warranty. The voice on the other end of the phone, however, wasn't a robocall. It was Leona. Mom, come and get me, please. Where are you? Are you all right? Oh, yeah, we're in mall jail. Bring $9.62. Oh, and you'll have to take Dad's car because that stupid Ouija board made me steal the minivan. You're so grounded, Leona. Duh. Mrs. Locke hurried to the family car and was going to pick up the mail on her way out, but she found that their mail, and their neighbor's mail, was conveniently scattered all over the cul-de-sac. Then she realized that cul-de-sac was a French expression. She decided the Locke family would have to move to a more decent neighborhood with less of a French agenda. The final, final summoning. Grandpa's allergic reaction. The clerk at Games by Jiminy lifted the Ouija board box from the counter. He carried it to the stockroom to put it in the problem bin, let his manager deal with it. The speaker inside the box crackled to life. There's no way the clerk could have known the identity of the spirit voice from beyond, muffled in the Ouija board box. There was no way for him to know the voice came from Mrs. Locke's deceased Polish grandfather, finally giving sound to the final words he'd said to her all those years ago in the apple orchard as they ate their little picnic lunch. Did you put peanuts in this? The End And that's going to do it for this final, final Halloween episode of Box Flap. If you enjoyed the audio version of Ouija Board, share it with a friend. I've made it easy. You can either, of course, recommend this podcast, Box Flap, or you can tootle on over to johnstanton.com. And in the top menu, you're going to see Ouija Board audio. That takes you to the page where there's an embedded player for easy listening. So share that with your friends. In the meantime... Keep on flapping, blah, blah.